Welcome, everyone, to our fifth episode of What the Ed Tech. Uh, my name is Rob Dixon, and I'm here with the most amazing Diane. Smoke, you want to tell us uh, who we got on store today? Hey, Rob, I'm excited to be here. And even better is our third host today is the amazing Shannon Davenport, Director of Professional Learning with NCCE. Hey, Shannon. Hey, great to see you guys. Awesome to have you with us. Rob, what is happening in the world of ed tech these days that we need to chat about? Man, I'm telling you, my our latest What the Ed Tech, uh, we sent out uh, opening up all of uh, ChatGPT. And so, Shannon, have you been on the ChatGPT yet? Yes, of course. Very excited about uh, ChatGPT and all the capabilities that it has to offer. Um, I think lots of us have experienced it um, at home in our professional lives and have enjoyed um, playing around with it a little bit. I'm really excited to see what it can do for our work with students. I would tell you, like my first iteration of using it, we uh, created a a streaming guideline and uh, policy with it. And I think we only changed like three words. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And um, this last week, I used an iteration of AutoGPT. Have you guys ever heard of AutoGPT? Smoke, I, I've talked to you about it a little bit. So what AutoGPT is, it takes a problem. You define a problem. And then uh, there are three goals that you want the problem to address. And then it's autonomous. Like So you have to pay for an open a- API key. But then, um, which is like minuscule. I had the thing run for 30 minutes and it cost me like $1.30. But it produced 58 pages worth of content for me live of like a concept school that we're looking at developing here in Wichita Public Schools. All generated the entire like marketing plan, the focus, like all the key areas that you would normally just go out to a community and grab. It's almost like a crystal ball. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Smoke, what do you think of the data that came out of it? Well, I think it's very interesting is the amount of problem solving it can do in a very short amount of time. If you would imagine if we were wrestling with something very big, let's say we're, we're planning a week uh, of professional learning or something like that we would probably schedule six, seven different meetings in order just to plan what the format would be, much less than pull in, you know, content for what would happen in each session. With this particular tool, not only is it building the entire conference experience, but we can say these are the top trends that we need to address. It would design that, set it at a grade level. So if I need things for primary, things for secondary teachers, handouts, marketing, it would do it all in less than a day. That's like crazy. your very own virtual assistant, right? Yeah, yeah. Shannon, what ways have you used it? Well, um, we've used it for um, some articles, um, some blog posts, kind of verifying. I feel like everyone's doing this right now, trying to verify information just to see what it would give back. 
one of my um, le- uh, least likely tasks um, happens to be posting the social media. And so if you're at an event and you want to be included in that event at social media, let it generate those posts for you um, because that would be something that it can do. We've helped teachers look up lesson plans. Um, I, I'm most excited about, though, that it's really causing us to think critically in what we want to ask it to do for us. And then when you see the results, you get to iterate those results just to drive down, you know, to what you were looking for. Um, And so I think that's going to be exciting to watch the way that we begin to challenge our students to be able to ask questions and ask tasks, actually, critically to be able to get the results we want, you know, that we're hoping to get. I think the amazing and, thing is, go ahead, Smoke. No, I just want to clarify, uh, Shannon's talking about chat GPT, where Rob, you were starting with auto GPT. Right. So I don't want to make any confusion there, but I agree with you, Shannon. Chat GPT takes the ideation um, of what we do as teachers, instead of jumping into a Pinterest board or seven and hope links are active to help me kind of formulate what I will do with students. Not that I can't do that on my own, but sometimes I need that inspiration to kind of grab ideas here and there. Or teachers are jumping into pre-purchased options for classroom experiences. This is free. And I can specifically ask ChatGPT, like, I want to cover a a lesson over uh, figurative language for eighth grade students. And specifically, I really know that my students in this classroom come with different learning styles. I'll have students who have ADHD. I will have students who might need some visual elements because they're English learners. I can ask GPT not only to give me ideas in a creative and challenging, that's the key word. You say challenging and creative activities to do around this content. But I'll say include elements of kinesthetic for students with ADHD, include elements with strong visuals for children who are learning English, and it will design those specifically for the learners in my classroom. I can come up with that 100% on my own, but quite often that happens to me at four or five o'clock in the morning when I'm in a shower with an epiphany, right? Or wakes me up out of my sleep of like, now I know what I'm going to do. This sets me up for success from the beginning. I think one of the amazing things, I mean, you were talking about universal design for learning strategies right there. A teacher that has not went down that path, this would allow them to facilitate that in a classroom very easily. Right. And so um, it goes into context. I think the biggest thing for ChatGPT for me is I have a conversation response in context and can go deep, wide. I can go back up. I can I can dig further. I could do a, a whole design thinking activity within that chat interface. And I I think one of the things I would love to do is to tackle a problem with an entire group or an entire class using design thinking strategies, but then having the students or the staff utilize ChatGPT as a knowledge source to walk through that journey with them. Just think about the personal learning network. It's almost opening. So we're so fortunate that we have each other and we have these powerful conversations. 
not all educators have that. And so that's just opening the world um, to them to get, you know, to those results. So, yeah, super powerful. And one of my favorite elements now that we're playing is, you know, as you jump into chat GPT and you think, oh, yes, it can come up with, you know, activities here, that and, and yonder. But I can also think about it of using materials in my classroom in a creative way. So I open up my cabinet of what school supplies do I have in here before they all, you know, before the year is over. I probably have several glue sticks that are about on the end of their lifespan, right? And I might have some green construction paper and just some random pieces, maybe some orange copy paper, just little bits of this and that. I can take whatever my students are covering in class, if I go back to that figurative language piece, and I can ask ChatGPT, design for me three to four different art activities where students can practice figurative language using only the materials in my cabinet, which include green construction paper, (laughs) glue sticks, paper clips. I can list just those random pieces, old cards, greeting cards, and it will generate the five to how many ideas that I want. And I can actually say, man, I can use those things without them going to waste. That's That's a game changer for me as well. You just helped me make dinner tonight. I was trying to figure out what was I going to do and I don't have very much in my fridge, but I could literally just paste that into my fridge and make dinner. Exactly. It works really yeah. well. <laughs> Didn't think about that. It's it's anytime you need to ideate, that is a great place to start. Even if you want to design um, like opportunities where you want to do a Jeopardy game or you would like to have math games for littles. And you only have a few elements in your classroom. What are some fun games or um, strategies that I can use to have finger play and have four-year-olds figure out some math concepts? It's it's all the things that I would Google. I now get it on demand. And I have to tell you, that is a game changer in education. That and, I'm going to throw an and in there, when I am helping students as a writing coach. So coming as an, e- an ELA teacher the amount of grading it hours it takes to grade essays and that sort of piece. What I always found frustrating as a teacher is I just didn't have the time to sit down with every student individually and do that writing conference that each one desperately needed. And I wanted to have that connection with them. So now as an ELA teacher, what I would do is as students are writing their rough drafts digitally, most likely, Um, The students finish a rough draft and I'll say, what feedback specifically do you need for this? Do you need help with just grammar and spelling? Do you need help with ideas for better fluency, word improvement? What is it that you specifically would like in feedback? I can take that student's writing and drop it into chat GPT and have that answer pretty quickly. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not grading this. I want to make this very clear. What happens is different. The students, if you can imagine this Google Doc being opened or a Word document, students, rough draft is sitting at the top. I would have them insert a horizontal line and then the feedback that ChatGPT had offered. And then another horizontal line for them to write the second draft. What I'm going to have them do for me is then a reflection. 
This is what I thought when I wrote my rough draft. This is the feedback I received. This is my thinking now. That reflection is going to be what I'm specifically going to grade and put into the grade book every single day. And now I'm actually grading the learning process, not just an essay that's the final product at the end. And I'm having that one-on-one experience with students with the help that I need. Man, how do we get this type of stuff into our colleges to get our pre-service teachers ready for this type of delivery? Like Shannon, how do you, my question to you being a director of professional learning is, how do we, how do we change how teachers think about building lessons around this type of technology? Well, and I think it goes back a little bit into the process that Diane was talking about with your students. So now as we're beginning to train our students that you have this on-demand reflective process that you're able to use throughout your learning process. And we're not, as educators, we're not holding the keys to the grading, right? And you guys have been working with um, standards-based grading, I believe, in Wichita, making that transition. And isn't that what that's all about, is the learning process, not just the final evaluation grade. It's all about shifting that mindset to that we're learning and growing the whole time. And so I think that if we're able to produce students that are capable of learning and growing through their whole learning process, not just for a final grade, because oftentimes that's what we were trained as students. We just wanted to get that final grade and move on, right? So we're creating a new type of learner that can be reflective, make some decisions, evaluate the information. Do they like the feedback that they were they received or do they not, right? Do they want to take that? There's still accountability on the learner's part. And then when we, so hopefully those are going to be our future educators that, that we're right training up in our classes right now. And we're really causing them to think critically outside of A, B, C, or D, right? Um, so that that's going to be a benefit. One of the things that, so I'm going to kind of answer your question, Rob, and then kind of not, but I love, I love this. I love just sitting back and watching and showing educators this type of tool and just watching the reaction, because I think that tells a lot about who we are as individuals. You know, is this something that you can get excited about or does it cause you a lot of hesitation? And and sometimes it might be both, right? But how can we use these tools in a positive way? And so I think that we have to have that positive um reaction ourselves and just what we do with all digital tools. We we look at them, we evaluate them for what they are, we use their strengths, but we know their weaknesses as well. And so I think exposing pre-educators or pre-service teachers to all of these things is very necessary and having those conversations with them because oftentimes if they don't have those conversations and and get to receive those different opinions and inputs that they may end up in a place where they just have um one person's input that could be stifling so i think that it's great that we look we look at the capabilities and we have these discussions and you know encourage uh, your peers around you to try things and not be 
fearful of them. We actually used chat GPT in a recent professional learning. And the whole reason we used it was because we are working with some teachers that we feel like are going to be influencers in a district. And so what we said is, you're going to always find tools like this that you're you're not sure about and there's going to be mixed reactions. So how are you going to handle that as an influencer to your peers? And that's what we're doing right now, right? That it makes us pause and think, how are we going to use this? And you guys have shared some great examples with me that I haven't even thought about. Um, but you have to be open to that. Yeah. You know, I, I see that everything that you just said, when we go into, we've been going into our secondary schools with the EdTech team and training staff on uh, ChatGPT. And I think one of the things you see in there when they do pair share or, or work together in small group is that you'll see the eyes light up in some. You see some that are like, like reevaluating their world viewpoint kind of in a moment, you know, and then others that are like, you know, I could, I could see how this is efficient. You know, they're, they're already creating lessons, you know, and everything out of it. So it's interesting when something so, you know, technologically advanced as this is, that's going to be disruptive when you just kind of lay the foundation out there and you just watch people from every kind of digital literacy level, both low and high react it. There's something, there's something there. And a lot of magic can be in the room. Although there's a lot of anxiety can be in the room at the same time. And as a leader, it's important to be respectful of that because we do have to be respectful that everybody's at their own process or at their own stage in the learning process, rather. And so I I think that, you know, the most hesitant person could end up using it beautifully with students. But I think we always have to remember we don't have to be the keeper of the knowledge. We it's okay to, you know, try things and practice with it and, you know, see what happens and then maybe do a slow, gradual release. Not everybody has to jump in, you know, and get right into it. But I I love that it's causing us to think about our educational practice, to think about our thinking. It's it's a it's a great, um, great conversation topic right now. I'm most excited for pre-service teachers to recognize that they have agency and how they can deliver high quality, great critical thinking activities with students if we guide them on how to use this tool to achieve that. Instead of breaking out your Madeline Hunter, you know, we've all been there, (laughs) got experience, your anticipatory set, they now can say, Chat into chat GPT. I'm getting ready to study the butterfly life cycle. What are five ways that I can help activate prior knowledge for my students who are seven years old? It's just that ideation of getting students ready to be teachers, pre-service teachers ready to do the work and already think about how do I build engagement? How do I build metacognition? How do I build critical thinking into my classroom and meet those different levels of blooms? I could even say, I need to reach the analyzing level of blooms. How could I do that with seven-year-olds? It's going to help all of us be better practitioners by thinking about specific elements I'm trying to achieve with students. 
I don't know a teacher who isn't trying to reach targets, who's also trying to help students be better people, as well as academic, you know, people who excel in academics. So if I, as a teacher, value empathy, or I value students having um, service projects, even, I now can take that butterfly activity and say, how do I help seven-year-olds create a community service project to support butterflies? And it's going to add that other element in there as well. It's finally, for the first time, I would say, easy to dream big for your classrooms and not be overwhelmed by the dreaming process. That's amazing. I uh, just came from my Kansas City CIO uh, group uh, last week, and we met with uh, Chris Harper, who is the CIO of KU Med Center and KU Health System. So he's kind of a dual CIO. And uh, they're using a localized version of GPT-4 that they're getting ready to train their staff on to take the internal data of KU Med and offer suggestions to a doctor or a nurse based upon symptoms and other things. So think about having an expert like at your at your right hand, right in your hand of that device uh, as you're going through something very technical sometimes and sometimes maybe not like i think i think the future of medicine and some of these other areas will just be transformed based upon having all of the knowledge right right in your hands i, I think we've always taken i thought that we always had the right knowledge or all the knowledge there but you had to search and you had to like vet out yourself you still have to do some vetting because i think there's you know sometimes ChatGPT will lie to you in a very, you know, convincing way. Um, but being being able to be that subject matter expert and weighing through that validation piece is is so important. So yeah, as I, we, oh, go ahead, Shannon. Well, and we're all still the subject matter expert we're just getting a little bit of that help that we always needed. If you would have asked any, any of us as educators, you know, how can we help you do more? What did people always tell us? It's time. We just need more time. So really, if we take time right now on the front end of a digital tool such as this, we can gain so many hours of instruction and really quality time with our students by being able to leverage that technology. And that's that's what the world's going to demand. That's what our students as citizens are going to demand. They're going to expect that type of medical care. And they should expect that from us in education as well. I love it. I love it. Shannon, we use your services at NCCE here and Wichita Public Schools to help provide from providing professional development to our, our teachers, especially around CTE and doing certifications to our clerical in-service folks, you help us with that kind of training. Uh, you've you've worked with us on a, on a lot of different fronts, from IS, uh, ISTE certifications to other things. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about NCCE and where we can check you out? Sure. Yeah, NCCE is a nonprofit organization, and we focus on digital innovation. And so, any professional learning that happens to fall into that category. We love to plan um, with districts. We are um, a Microsoft training partner as well as a Google training partner. So um, we are able to share information on all of those topics. But 
Um, we have a cadre of about 85 professional learning specialists all around the country. And what makes our professional learning so powerful, and um, both of you know um, from our work in Wichita, is it's educator-led, it's educator-created, and so it really resonates with educators. That's awesome. Smoke, you got anything else for us? I would just say that, you know, now that ChatGPT has been around since November, that sounds like it's been here a while, but it's still very fresh in many teachers' experiences. I would say the magic is waiting if you jump in. And I'm very excited that here at Wichita Public Schools that we have it open for all staff and for paras and librarians, nurses. It's a wonderful way to help teachers and those faculty people start to discover the possibilities before we guide students to that next step. So I encourage them to jump in and, and see what magic's waiting. Awesome. Well, thank you, Shannon, for uh, being here and, and having a great conversation with us about some interesting topics today. Yeah, thanks for having me join in. Thanks for all the work you guys are doing. Oh. Well, till next time, folks. Thanks so much.